Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. A whole bunch of firsts over the past couple of days. Last night, the Blackhawks' first win, Connor Bedard's first point. Tonight, Connor Bedard's first goal, the Blackhawks' first loss. And I think over the past couple of days, we've seen both what the Blackhawks are capable of and also some of the things they need to get past. A very good Boston Bruins team at home is no easy competition. And the Blackhawks saw that firsthand here tonight, even with a little extra adrenaline that they got in Connor Bedard's first goal. And a little bit of extra offensive excitement towards the end with Lucas Reichel and Connor Bedard, but not quite enough tonight. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Post Game Show on 720 WGN. We're taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. Right now, we're going to bring in Troy Murray, though, who's over at the TD Garden on the call with John Weideman tonight. And Troy, I heard you and John talking about your days playing in Boston, the old Boston Garden, how difficult it was to play in those games. I mean, it's tough to overcome a deficit against a heavy team like the Boston Bruins, especially in their home opener. It's not going to happen every time. No, but, you know, you talk about the Bruins and, and what they did last year, um, just a, a fantastic season, and then losing uh, in the playoffs, big disappointment, and then losing Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, their two top centers. They had two guys down the middle that uh, were making their NHL debut in this game, uh, Potros and uh, Beecher, and, you know, they fared fairly well, but you, you relied heavily on your, your veteran players, Jake DeBrus, Pasternak, who scored the two goals, Brad Marchand, the new captain, um, Trent Frederick. The, these guys played big roles, and Milan Lucic coming back. Uh, he, he was effective in the game, and they've really got, uh, you know, a, a solid defense, one of the best defense in the uh, core in the NHL. And then, of course, you've got the Jennings Trophy winning duo of Swayman and Allmark in net. So no easy task to beat them, even if you don't have Patrice Bergeron uh, in the lineup. And, and it was a solid effort. I, I thought the Blackhawks, you know, they didn't quit, that's for sure. They competed right till the end. Were they the better team tonight? Not overall for 60 minutes, but uh, I think that, you know, again, you're going you're gonna to go through some ups and downs, and this is a little bit of a disappointment after the first game, but if you say, okay, we're going to split between Pittsburgh and Boston in the first two games, back-to-back, home openers, national television, a lot of pressure, a lot of focus on Connor Bedard, um, you'd probably take it. Yeah, I, I would, and I, also just with the performances that we saw from individual players, I, I think we'd take all of that, too. Uh, listen, I know the Blackhawks, Bruins, it's it's not a, a day-to-day rivalry. They're, they're in different conferences, but there is a rivalry between these two original six franchises, and it's, it's a serious one, but I know I'm not probably pleasing a lot of Hawks fans by saying this, but what the Bruins have right now, and I know they flamed out early in the playoffs last year, but just the core that they have. I mean, I was watching on the... TV side of things, Brad Marchand getting all animated with his teammates of Pasternak and Charlie Coyle, Charlie McAvoy, and just getting all amped up for the game. That's that's good camaraderie that the Boston Bruins have, and that's something that the Blackhawks are trying to work on right now. 
Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, where you look at where the Bruins are, I, um, I think they're kind of in, in, a, in a position where they've got some older guys, uh, like Marchand, who's 35 years of age. You just lost two key guys that were in their mid-30s. You know, where is this team going to be in a couple years? Uh, I, I think that the Blackhawks in a couple years will be flip-flopping with the Boston Bruins as far as positioning uh, within the league. The, the, the Blackhawks are on the up slope of, you know, their new group of guys and the Boston Bruins trying to hang on to, you know, a, a fantastic season last year, but obviously very disappointing the way that the, the playoffs ended their season last year. So, you know, the Boston Bruins are still a good team. I loved what happened here today, the 100th anniversary of the Boston Bruins, bringing back all the famous names. They, they, they've been doing a celebration here. They have a, a big black tie gala tomorrow night with everybody involved as well. So, they're, they're you know, the Blackhawks are looking to do that in a couple of years which is going to be so exciting uh, to be a part of. Um, but the Boston Bruins, great you know, great franchise, great tradition, and they showed it tonight by coming out here and, and really playing a, a solid, solid game. Yeah, that's a great point. I also really like the touch of how when the Bruins' uh, historic players came out onto the ice in that pregame ceremony, they were wearing their sweater from that era. It's not like they all had the same type of sweater. And it, it, you could just match the face with the jersey so much better. It was just a cool little touch. And you're right, the Hawks are going to have that in a couple of years. That, that's going to be a blast. Yeah, you know, it was fun for me to kind of try and recognize <laughs> some of the faces before the names <laughs> came out there. And, you know, when you look at some of these guys, I mean, they're, they're, they're getting up there. And uh, we all put on weight and our faces change a little bit. So you're, you're trying to recognize some things. But, you know, there's lots of guys there. Derek Sanderson, you're going to recognize him. Bobby Orr. Um, you know, Phil Esposito, Ray Bork, you know, all these guys that, uh, you know, uh, I, I admired when I was growing up. Some of the guys I played against, uh, pretty impressive, you know, to be a part of uh, such a tradition, such, a, you know, a, a deep-rooted history uh, with this franchise. And it's something that the Blackhawks are going to take a, a lot of pride in doing in a couple of years. I want to talk to you about Jason Dickinson defending Cole Gutman just going right there to defend him and, and throw the gloves off with Beecher. And and just Jason Dickinson's role this year, he kind of was brought in last year, another solid move by Kyle Davidson, just seeming like he's very aware of good talent and where someone will fit in well. That looks to be the case for Jason Dickinson, especially this year with like a, kind of an elevated role with all this changing, all this moving on that's been going on. He's He's really accepted this new role and he's done well with it. And I think he's more comfortable in this role than he was moving up um, into a top six center position, trying to create more offense, trying to be an offensive player. I don't think that's really the way that he um, has carved out his career. And, and I think he feels pretty comfortable playing between Corey Perry and, and Nick Felino. I think it's been one of the more effective lines in the first couple of games. Um, you know, things are going to change. But people are going to maybe argue with me when I say, he did the right thing. There was a boarding call coming. You're you're down by one game or one goal in the game. Do you hold back and and try and even the game up on the power play? In my mind, no, because you're building a culture here. You're building some trust within inside that locker room. And when you see guys, and you know that Corey Perry, he's done it in the preseason. Nick Foligno did it in the preseason. These are your your older more experienced players understanding what they need to do and Jason Dickinson 
he's right on the spot there, so it, it kind of falls upon him to make that decision. Do I stand up for my teammate? Do I back off and take the penalty? What do I do? In my opinion, as a former player, and what these guys are trying to build, he did the absolute right thing. And, uh, you know, whether you win the fight, whether you lose the fight, he won the fight uh, quite handily. But he did the right thing. And that is going to resonate, uh, uh, you know, significantly inside the locker room. You saw Cole Gutman come over, go inside the penalty box, give him a fist bump. You saw Nick Felino come over, go into the locker room and give him a little tap on the shoulder. That means a lot to me as a, an older player. And I think that, you know, you appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, Cole Gutman understood that he stood up for him and had his back. And that means a lot. No, yeah, that's that's a move for the long game, right? Rather than just the short game. I mean, yeah, in the in the in the big picture of what's going on right, right. now, whether you lose this game or win this game doesn't really matter. Um, you know, at the end of the season, are the Blackhawks going to be in a position where you know one point makes the difference between making the playoffs and not? I don't know. You never know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. You're building something here. You're building trust. You're building a culture inside that locker room, and that means a lot more than the, the two points or one point in this game. No, I would agree, and I feel like that that almost same circumstance happened last year. I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been with Jujar Kara or Max Domi defending Patrick Kane. I remember one time Kane was trying to stop Domi from throwing the gloves at somebody. Yeah, I, I think there was a there was a lot made of, I think it was a Max Domi uh, instigator yeah. penalty and a lot was being made of that and it was just like, come on guys, you, you don't kind of get what's going on here. And unfortunately, you know, Max moved on and now is with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But he did the right thing and, and that and, and that's why I think the Blackhawks were so so tight last year. That's why they worked hard each and every game uh, the, the whole season. They were a tight group of guys. They knew that they didn't have the high-end talent throughout their lineup, but uh, they knew that everybody had each other's backs, and that they worked hard and they competed, and I think that goes a long, a long way uh, in my mind. I know it was a circumstance of shuffling some things around towards the end, Taylor Hall out of this game, but we got to see a little glimpse of Lucas Reichel and Connor Bedard. I, I don't want to get too hard on Reichel. I thought he had a great preseason um, I, I don't know what your assessment has been on him these first couple of games, but nice to see that that finesse, confident, backwards pass, just understanding where Bedard is. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Connor Bedard this year and in the future, but Lucas Reichel has a lot of offensive skill too, and I think we saw a little glimpse of that tonight. Yeah, I, I think his first two games have a little bit have been a little quiet. Um, and, and and that's not saying that he has played poorly, uh, because I haven't noticed anything that he has done wrong. Uh, he just hasn't shown flashes that you would maybe hope that would come uh, with his strong preseason. Uh, it, maybe his best scoring opportunity came in the third period in the first two games that he's played. He'll get those opportunities. He'll get stronger. He's just 21 years of age, and he's still going to learn. And and you know you look at uh, you know Lucas Reichel and and. You say we're, you know, they're trying him at center right now, and and in tonight's game again, I just take a quick look here. He lost six of his eight draws, so you know he's got to get stronger in that area. Um, he lost four of his five in the, in the game last night against Pittsburgh, so you know you you want to see growth in that area as well. But he's got the skill to play with a guy like Connor Bedard. At some point, you see those guys together on a line. Maybe it's you know when when you looked at Taves and Kane separately. They brought different elements, and it was tougher to match up there. In a couple of years, it might be Reichel and Bedard. Do you separate them so 
you don't have the matchups on one line, or do you put them together and kind of put everybody, put all your eggs in one basket? So it's moving forward. That's they're both young guys, and they're both going to learn. And, and it's only game two, so you know I think Lucas Reichel knows that he, uh, and I'm sure that he expects more out of himself in those first two games offensively. Defensively, I think he's been fine. I think he understands what he needs to do in his own end of the ice a little bit better than he did. Um, when he first came into the NHL, and that that's a really good sign. You want to see the progress being made with these youngsters. It'll be interesting to see, and good problems to have, too. And Troy, before we let you go, we mentioned Max Domi. Did you hear how his his dad's number 28 was available, and they asked him if he wanted it? I did not hear. Um, I know he turned it down. He did, yeah. Well, and I didn't realize, you know why 28 became available? You know who the last guy to wear 28 was for the Maple Leafs? It's Sam Lafferty. I, I was, you know what? I was just going to say Lafferty. I, no, that was. I was. I was thinking that you know Sam Lafferty, and and uh, and Lafferty has now moved on to uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. No, I just. I, I thought that was a cool touch. I mean, I, I know you loved Max Dome, Max Domi's short time uh, here with the Blackhawks, but it, it was always cool because obviously his dad is such this big guy, but Max was his own person too, and it just seems like that's even translating to the, the hockey sweater world too. Yeah, you sometimes you want to step outside of your father's footsteps and then, you know, kind of carve out your own niche. But uh, Max Domi was one of my favorite guys, and everywhere he's gone, he's been, he's been a favorite. I think that he's really going to help the Maple Leafs build what they uh, believe can be a team that can win the Stanley Cup this year. And, and uh, you know, adding some different elements. Uh, Ryan Reeves and, and Max Domi certainly bring a different element of grit that they, they're the Maple Leafs, I think, in, in past years it had kind of been lacking, and now um, they have that opportunity to, to show that side of the game that they didn't have before to match the skill that they have. And I know a lot of hockey players do it, but I feel like he's he's electing not to get the oral surgery just to kind of match his dad's look out there. No, no, it's just it, it just doesn't make sense to do it? No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. And I, it, and, and, uh, I, I, I love both of them. I, I, I played with Ty in, in Winnipeg, and you know, what a character he is. And uh, It was nice for me to see him when they, they had the father's trip, and, and Max uh, brought Ty along, and so we kind of rehashed some old memories there. He was one tough, one of the toughest in the NHL in his day, no doubt about that. That's so cool. Troy, we're lucky to have you. Appreciate it as always. Have fun, and uh, we'll talk to you from Canada. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, you split the first two games. I, I think that that uh, in itself is, is a really good sign. And now you go in and you've got the Montreal media, home opener for the Canadians on Saturday night. The Montreal Canadians, Joe, never lost on Saturday night. That was their pride and joy, <laughs> their hockey night in Canada. And then you play Mont- or Toronto on, on, on Monday. Those are probably two of the big media outlets in the entire National Hockey League. To get those out of the way in the first week of the season, I, I think is really kind of, I think it's good, and I think it's kind of cool for Connor Bedard to get all this stuff wrapped up right away and, and you know, out of the way, and now he can focus on hockey moving forward. Uh, it's not going to be an easy season. You could see that the Boston Bruins certainly were targeting uh, Connor Bedard in this game and yeah. got to congratulate him for scoring his first goal. Uh, of the C- of his NHL career, what a great wraparound that he scored there, and you would hope that maybe you could win the game. And I think Connor Bedard is going to be the first guy to say it would it would mean a lot more more if we had to won the game. Uh, but at the same time, I think you look at the big picture and to get his first goal out of the out of the way, the first win yesterday, his first assist, 
you move forward and you face the media in Montreal and Toronto and then uh, you continue from there. And that way, too, because you know if he scored an empty netter, he wasn't, he wasn't even going to be excited about it. Oh, so. trust me. John and I were looking at each other yesterday and we're thinking, okay, Bedard's out on the ice. Pittsburgh pulls the goaltender. Is, it, is that how he's going to score his first goal? And he, he didn't want to score it in the preseason. That was for sure. But, you know, and, and Brett Hall was a guy that he, Brett Hall honestly did not ever want to shoot on an empty net. Really? If he absolutely had to and it, it, it was going to decide the game, he would do it. But he despised shooting into an empty net. Wow. That's competitors. You can't get that out of them. I mean. Listen, I, I'd, I'd take 600 empty netters <laughs> if I could. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't care how I got them. <laughs> I, th- I think most would. I, I don't think you're yeah. alone in that, Troy. When you're a pure goal scorer like Brett Hall was, <laughs> you can make those decisions. When you're a plugger like I was, you take those every day. Oh, that's great. Again, Troy, thank you so much. Always enjoy the insight. Safe travels. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. All right. Thanks, Joe. Good job, bud. Likewise. That is Troy Murray. He is with John Wideman tonight at the TD Garden. As the Blackhawks fall to the Boston Bruins, 3-1 to tonight in Beantown. Their first loss of the year. They moved to 1-1 one one on the season. Hawks got out of the gate good. It was a solid first 20 minutes. A 1-1 tie after that first 20 minutes. Uh, again, Connor Bedard, his first goal in the NHL. After that, Boston kind of took over the game a little bit more in the second period. Definitely outplayed the Hawks in the second period. Uh, you saw some extra gas coming from the Hawks in the third period. I think in the first 10 minutes, they had the only, maybe a shorter amount of time, like the first seven or eight minutes, they had the only three scoring chances to begin that third period. But when Boston already has the lead, they can play a little bit more reserved and... Uh, Again, the Blackhawks were without Taylor Hall for the majority of the second period, for all of the third period. We'll keep an eye on any update from him. He suffered a hit in the first minute of the second period. He came out for one shift on the power play, uh, but then he went right back into the dressing room. Obviously, you'd like to have Taylor Hall, um, so hopefully whatever he is dealing with or had to deal with is very limited, and uh, we're hoping to see him Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens. We'd like to hear from you, 312-981-7200. You can give us a call. You can give us a text if you'd like to tweet at us. I'm at Joe underscore brand one. Recapping this loss to the Boston Bruins, a 3-1 victory for the Bees over the Blackhawks. And uh, we're taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight, so come join us. 312-981-7200. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Lindholm winds the puck around with the right side to Pasternak. Hit by Dickinson. Oh, and then Gutman is hit from behind by Beecher and falls headfirst into the boards in front of the penalty boxes. And the gloves come off between Dickinson and Beecher. Dickinson fires a right hand. He's got Beecher held out, gave him a jersey jab with the left, takes a right from Beecher, now throws a right hand, then throws a couple of hard left-hand jersey jabs, and it just pounded him with the right hand. Beecher fires a hard right, but misses Dickinson, and the linesmen jump in. Great fight call by John Weideman. He and Troy Murray on the call tonight from the TD Garden. Jason Dickinson is tonight's player with the most hard, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. I agree with Troy Murray. I'm in favor of that skirmish between Jason Dickinson and Beecher. A quick defense to the young player of Cole Gutman who got boarded into the boards. The misconduct, I mean, again, that's another thing that Hawks fans were arguing about 
on Twitter. Um, why does it get to that result? Why why do the Blackhawks lose him for 10 minutes when Beecher's the one that's uh, creating the animosity in that moment? But uh, back to my original argument, I agree with Troy Murray in the fact that you want to see that from your players. You want to see guys standing up for each other. And even if it does put your team at a disadvantage, you want to see that because you want to build that camaraderie. You want to have that going on in the dressing room. And we we had this conversation last year, too. And I do think it was Max Domi, but I want to say it had something to do with Jujar Kara, but I might have to look it up. Either way, the Blackhawks are going about this rebuild trying to create the right type of culture in the dressing room. And we're not expecting a Stanley Cup run this year. We're hoping for it, but we're not necessarily expecting it. We understand that this is still the early stages of a rebuild. So it's more beneficial to do the right things to build team chemistry than to worry about a situation that might work out for the Blackhawks to score a goal. So I I agree with Troy in that sentiment. Uh, we'd like to take your calls or texts, 312-981-7200. We're taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight. Hawks fall to the Boston Bruins, 3-1. to In Game 2 of the regular season here tonight, the Hawks continue their road trip to begin the year. They're going to be in Montreal on Saturday, hockey night in Canada on Saturday. Toronto will be a home opener for the Maple Leafs. Now, I take that back. Tonight was Toronto's home opener against Montreal, ironically. But the Maple Leafs host the Hawks on Monday, and then they wrap up their season-opening road trip in Colorado on Thursday before hosting the Vegas Golden Knights on the home opener Saturday, October 21st. Uh, We do have an update on Taylor Hall. He's going to be week-to-week with an upper body injury. Obviously, you don't love to see that. Taylor Hall was brought in this offseason to uh, help out Connor Bedard on that top line. And also trying to, like I said earlier, help out with this team chemistry, try to build build some camaraderie. And coming over from the Boston Bruins, too, for a scene change. Again, Taylor Hall was a first-round pick in 2010 with the Edmonton Oilers, so the guidance that he was going to provide for Connor Bedard is something that was invaluable as well. But uh, the Hawks, unfortunately, going to be without him now week to week, again, with an upper body injury. From the 312 area code, all we needed was another 17 seconds. Ha! Yeah, wishful thinking there. Uh, maybe a little bit more than 17 seconds. Again, I don't think this is a a dire loss for the Blackhawks. I think they figured some things out about themselves and figured out what they still need to improve on. Joe is in Beverly, and he agrees with me and Troy about Dickinson making the right move. What's up, Joe? How's the South Side? Good. I enjoyed the game except for the last two minutes, but I thought Dickinson made the right move because the stars of this team are the younger guys. Like when Patrick Kane and Caves came up, they need to know the veterans have their backs. I totally agree. Where'd you watch the game tonight, Joe? I'm at home listening on the radio. All right. You're my guy. Okay, I remember you, Joe. Don't be a stranger. Keep calling back, okay? Will do. All right, that is Joe and Beverly. And yeah, he brings up a good point. Um, This was something that I mentioned when Corey Perry came to defense of Martin Misiak during the preseason. Misiak was kind of stoned by Hunter Skinner of the St. Louis Blues, and Corey Perry came right to his aid to defend him. And it's, it's almost not even just, oh, okay, this guy 
protected me, so now I feel safe. I think all those other younger guys are going to feel that too. And this is Jason Dickinson. I mean, this isn't even a guy that was brought in to be an enforcer. That's Jared Tenorti's job. That's Corey Perry's job. Nick Foligno and Taylor Hall probably a little bit too, but more so with guys like Tenorti and Perry and Connor Murphy. But Jason Dickinson is finding an elevated role. And again, talking with Troy, I mean, I'm really enjoying Jason Dickinson's game, his new responsibilities, his new line. Uh, it just definitely seems like he's a guy that's taking advantage of his entire situation. And it's been good to see. I thought Kevin Korczynski had a little bit of a better game tonight. I, I don't think he had a bad game last night, but just some good plays with an active stick, if I'm going to pull an Enzo line. But uh, you know, Kevin Korczynski's not the biggest defenseman out there. He's a really good skater, and he's a really good puck handler, so he can break up plays defensively in other ways than just being physical. Uh, He had a really good poke check on a two-on-one. I forgot exactly who it was for Boston. But the Bruins had a couple of rushes, and one of them was broken up by Kevin Korczynski just because he's got that good uh, hand-eye, hand-stick-eye coordination, if you will. Uh, I thought Wyatt Kaiser has had better games. This is not to knock on Wyatt Kaiser. This is a guy that has really worked his tail off to get to where he's at. A phenomenal preseason, but... Three penalties tonight. You could argue with at least one of them. But I thought the um, the hooking penalty he had on Milan Lucic was kind of a result of him getting beat in the corner. So that's exactly the type of penalty that Luke Richardson was talking about last year. He doesn't want to see his players make. He doesn't want to see them get into those bad habits. Uh, I think there was another situation where, oh, it was the David Pasternak goal. And the second goal for Boston the first goal for Pasternak, uh, Jay Zawoski of CHGO Sports brought it up, that Kaiser is defending on the 2 and one between Pasternak and Lucic, and Pasternak's got the puck. He's the stronger shooter. He's got the better shot. He's on his shooting side. He's coming down the left wing. Kaiser's got to understand that he's not going to pass it to Lucic, and Kaiser kind of tried to play that role of breaking up that pass, that hypothetical pass. Pasternak's a guy... That's going to shoot the puck. So if you defend him a little bit better, then maybe that one doesn't get past Arvid Sutterbloom. But I uh, thought Arvid Sutterbloom had a good game tonight, too. Let's see, he finished with 31 saves. The Hawks' goaltending has looked really good over the past couple of nights, especially Peter Mrazek yesterday. But no, you know what? Sutterbloom tonight as well. Um, just seeming to be in the right spots. Two goals he coughed up. You really can't knock on him. And uh, I think we're going to be. I don't want to say pleasantly surprised from the Hawks goaltending this year because I think they did a good job last year. But I don't know, maybe maybe some of us are just underestimating what they're capable of. I think a big part of that is going to be how Peter Morazic is health-wise, how consistent he's going to be playing. And then if Arvid Sutterbloom gets the consistent playing time like we've seen him, like he's basically been promised this year, I think that's going to be very good for his his development. I think it's going to be very good for the growth of his game because he really only showed any flaws towards the end of his year last season. And remember, he went back down to Rockford before the year came to an end. He got 15 games in net. He wasn't expecting that many. He was expecting some, but not that many. And Soderblom just seems like the guy that is better when he gets game after game after game. And I know they rotate a lot, and they talk to Jimmy Waite 
uh, with just about everything in terms of who he wants for that certain day. But I definitely think that uh, this is going to be a very favorable year for Arvid Sutterbloom to really find his way uh, in net for the Blackhawks. We've got some post-game sound. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Let's hear from Connor Bedard, who scored his first career NHL goal tonight. It came in the first period. Here is number 98. Good. Chances. Um, our team had some good moments, but uh, got to clean up a lot of areas. So um, obviously tomorrow and Friday, kind of look at those and, and get ready for uh, Saturday. What was the moment like when you remember? Yeah, it was it was exciting. I mean, it's it's a big relief too. I think it's like you know you want to get one really bad to you know quick and kind of get that uh, out of the way, but. It was a really cool moment, um, cool building to do it in, and uh, yeah, family, family was here and everything, so um, yeah, it felt good for sure. What player dreams of what that's going to feel like? How did the reality match the dream? Yeah, um, I mean, I remember like being behind the net and kind of seeing it, and I was just like, don't screw this up, but, um, and then kind of once it went in, just, you know, a lot of joy for sure, and um, yeah, just that moment, like you said, so many people in the world dream of, and yeah, I'm uh, very fortunate to be able to be put in this position and, and get the chance like that. What happened in the boards there? Are you, you okay? I'm great, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Have you scored many wraparound goals? Is that something that you try to uh, add into your game? Or? I don't know if you can add, it's so situational where it is, it's kind of a weird, weird play, and saw that he was out of his net a bit as obviously like I said kind of weird play and saw the chance for it so yeah were you extra motivated by them celebrating the 2011 cup in front of you no no I wasn't um yeah obviously it's a very upset six-year-old then but um yeah it didn't add too much do you feel Marshawn trying to get under your skin there early after you score not really I mean you know that's part of his game of course and you know I've so much respect for a guy like that, um, watching him and um, for a long time, of course, the way he plays, it's, it's not easy, and I think that's just part of his game, and I mean, he's going to do that to a lot of guys, so uh, yeah, the small stuff. And, yeah. How much family? If I'm going to regret one thing, well, I regret a lot of things in life, but if I'm going to re- regret one thing from tonight, I wish I would have asked Troy Murray what he thought about the, uh, the little bit of... Uh, conflict that was going on between Connor Bedard and Brad Marchand. It looked like Marchand was really trying to get under Bedard's skin. For the most part, I feel like Connor did a really good job. Uh, still don't understand the tripping penalty that the officials called on Bedard for, quote-unquote, tripping Brad Marchand. Uh, really quick about Connor Bedard's first goal. You might have heard how his great-great-uncle James played a few games with the Blackhawks back in the 1950s. He played 22 career games with the Hawks. Again, this is Connor Bedard's great-great-uncle James. He scored one goal. It was against the Boston Bruins in February of 1951. Uh, we're taking your calls and text 312-981-7200. Jack is in Bloomingdale and wants to talk about the Cole Gutman hit. What's on your mind, Jack? Hey, uh, yeah, I was just wondering, I mean, when a player knocks the guy face first into the board, shouldn't they get that major penalty? So it was a boarding penalty. I I think at that point it's up to the official's discretion. It, it is one of those things where I think he can get fined later on down the line, but... Um, 
but I think it's up to the officials' discretion in real time. And at that time, they didn't think it was that egregious of a hit. But I'm with you on the thinking, Jack. Like, I, I don't think that should be in hockey. Cole Gutman is looking down at the puck. He's right by the boards. He has no idea that Beecher is coming up behind him and is going to slam him into the boards. I, I get where you're coming from. I, I feel like yeah. there needs to be more discipline to that. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought that was dirty, and we should have gotten a power play out of that. But we didn't, and it changed the whole outcome of the game. Honestly, a lot of Hawks fans are kind of frustrated with the officiating tonight. I, I can't blame them. I think there are some valid arguments. And, yeah, I, I think that – I don't know about a whole a change the whole outcome of the game, but I do think it definitely played a role. Yeah. All right. All right thanks. Yeah, Thank no you. problem. No problem, Jack. Thank you very much. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. do have a couple of texts I want to get to. Our buddy Leo from Albuquerque has chimed in, but we do have to get to another break. Hawks fall to the Boston Bruins tonight at the TD Garden, 3-1. to You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Put it over to Kevin Korchinski along the left board. Back to Jones between the circles. Back to Korchinski, Hawk line left wing. Head to Connor Bernard over the Bruin line. Drop past Donato to Bernard. Bottom of the right circle. Tough angle shot. Save made rebound. He scores! Connor Bernard's first National Hockey League goal. He did it on a wraparound. He beat Olmark to the air post. And Bedard slipped it in behind him for the first National Hockey League goal of his career. May it be the first of a thousand. It's one nothing Hawks. Somebody get that puck. Well, somebody did get that puck. And if you follow the Blackhawks on Instagram, they've already posted Connor Bedard showing the puck of his first goal of his NHL career. He's got a look that could kill. He's not smiling. It's just dead eyes into the camera. And I just post, uh, posted it on my Instagram because you see the picture he takes with his puck, with his first goal after a loss. And then you go back to yesterday and you see the picture he took with his first puck where he got a point after a win. He's happier after the win. So you tell me where his priorities are. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show recapping a 3-1 loss to the Boston Bruins from the TD Garden. Uh, from the 773 area code, I love the game. Results not as good, but they worked hard. Blackhawks goaltending has par excellence. And our buddy Leo from Albuquerque is upset that the Hawks lost this one because uh, it sounds like he made a bad wager and now he's got to wear some Bruins gear. So our thoughts go to you, Leo from Albuquerque, but please always free to chime in. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We've got to take another break, though. Hope to hear from Luke Richardson on the other side of it. Hawks fall to the Bruins, 3-1. to Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Gives nice some room, twists and turns, tried to jam, and it comes loose for Harvey Pinard to clear. Now a turnover, here's pulling it in, backhand, scores! Joe Bowen of Sportsnet TSN. Montreal Canadiens are the Blackhawks' next opponent, and that is our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. The Montreal Canadiens in Toronto tonight, and the Maple Leafs win that game 
in a shootout, 6-5 to five the final over the Montreal Canadiens. Austin Matthews picking up his 300th career goal. He's played in 32 games against the Montreal Canadiens. 26 goals in 32 games for Austin Matthews against Montreal. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Let's get a quick quote from Luke Richardson on Lucas Reichel. At the end of the game, you, you had Reichel up there with uh, with Bedard. I know you want to see him as a center, give him a leash there, but without Hall, does that become an option? Well, I think it does, uh, but I think uh, you know Lucas, I thought, was flying pretty good tonight. I thought he was skating well, especially the second half of the game, so that's what we did. We just kind of doubled that up there, and uh, you know, when the those uh, creative guys get out there. I don't really think it matters where they stop and they start when they drop the puck. Like uh, they're going to fill lanes and play in the middle, all three of them. So um, that's that was the thought process there. And uh, going forward, it was a good look tonight in case we need it. A quick text from the three one two area code. Have we talked about the special teams need to score on the power play? Yeah, that was definitely an issue tonight. I will say the Hawks power play looked pretty good last night. Uh, I know that's yesterday's game, but I think they had four shots on goal on their first look. Um, I, I do like the pieces that the Hawks, the Hawks have for the power play, but still very early on. I'm not going to cause that for concern at the moment. But the Hawks fall to the Boston Bruins tonight, 3-1. to one. They move to 1-1 one and one on the season and start this five-game road trip to open the season. 1-1, one and one, they're going to take on Montreal next. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, Anheuser-Busch, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. A big thanks to our great production crew, Jack Heinrich and Brendan Rook, doing everything and anything tonight. And, of course, the tireless Krista Flores, helping us out with Art of Pizza. Great choice, Krista. Another big thanks to John Weideman and Troy Murray. They had the call over the TD Garden tonight as the Hawks fall to the Boston Bruins 3-1. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Hawks lose this one 3-1. They play Montreal in Canada on Saturday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday night, everybody. We'll talk to you on Saturday. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.